1: The first six letters in Christmas are C, H, R, I, S, and T. What's that spell? Christ, which should remind us that we celebrate Christmas for Christ's sake. Jesus, who gave us the greatest gift of all, salvation, which costs us nothing, but costs him everything. He is the reason for Christmas and every season. Many of us miss the real meaning of Christmas because we focus on giving gifts that last for a season rather than gifts of the spirit that last a lifetime and from generation to generation. Today, Pastor Rander compels us to remember that Christ is Christmas. Thank you for listening in today. Have your Bible close by and have pen and paper handy. What is man that
2: you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? Wow, the work of your fingers. Everything we see is the work of the hand of God. You can see God in creation. Psalms 19:1 says the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. When you can see the stars and the mountains and the valleys and the rivers and the ocean and conclude that there is no God, you are the biggest fool in the world. Matter of fact, Psalms 14:1 says a fool says in his heart there is no God. You got to be a fool to conclude that. You say, well, you're educated? Well, you're an educated fool. If you're ignorant, then you're an ignorant fool. A fool is one who says there is no God, but one day they will bow the knee to Jesus and say you are Lord and God. I love what Psalms 33, six through nine, we're talking about the creation. Psalms 33 verses 6 through 9. It says there about God's creation. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe uh, of him, for he spoke and it was done. Oh, that's awesome, y'all. That, that, one of, that just drives me crazy right there. Uh, for, for God spoke and it was done. In other words, the world was created by God effortlessly. Wow, effortlessly. He commanded and it stood fast. And everything is in motion as God created it when he said, let there be. It was done and it is still being done to this day. Amen. But, but, but you know, something deeper, something phenomenally mysterious. God said, my creation is not enough. My prophets is not enough. I want to do them a whole lot better I'm going to send them my son to assure that fallen humanity could experience God in a very special personal way and not miss the gift of salvation available to us this invisible God took on flesh and lived among us in other words he pitched his tent with us Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is the fullness of God in human body and is the perfect image and exact likeness of God. I reiterate, Jesus is the fullness of God in human body and is the perfect image and exact likeness of this invisible God, First Timothy 1 Timothy 1.7, just jot it down. You can't read all of these in the Scriptures because I just got happy writing Scriptures. I got happy, but, but it's for your reference so you can hear about this invisible God. First Timothy 1 Timothy 1.17 says, Now to the King Eternal, Immortal, and the word Invisible, There it is. To God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. God is eternal. Always is, always was, is, and always will be. Uh, He's immortal. Amen. He's not a man that he should lie. And he's invisible. That's where your faith come in. You got to believe God even though you can't see him. You hear what I said? You got to believe him even though you can't see him. Huh, huh. You say, well, I gotta see. Well, a whole lot of things you believe and don't see. That's right. You don't know how to at motor work, but you cut the car on and you drive it, don't you? Huh? You don't know all the intricacies unless you're an electrician of electricity. You just cut the light on. Huh? You, you, who when you came in here, who tested the chair to see if it would hold you up? You just got in now and plopped yourself down, and it was an assumption that it was gonna hold you up. That chair could've collapsed and you could've been rushed off to the hospital. But by faith, you sat in that chair and believed God. By faith, you get on that plane. They say, buckle up, you buckle up. They say, don't you use this, you don't use that. Dump your, dump your perfume, dump your soap, dump your everything out. Now they are feeling on you everywhere. And, they let, and, you, and you let them feel. Go on and feel. And if you don't want to do that, they x-ray you up and down. Huh? You know, and you go on. You mumble and you grumble, but you're going to get on that plane. You know, you don't have to fly. <laughs> and you do it, and you get on that by, You don't know if that pilot is even competent. You put faith. Isn't it amazing how we can put faith in all of these things? And then we struggle with putting our faith in God. Ah. Thomas doubted, he, he, he doubted God until he saw him. And when he touched him, he said, my Lord and my God. That's right. And then God told him, yeah, you believe because you, you've handled me. But blessed are they that's coming on after. They believe though, not, though they don't see. And that's what I believe God. I believe him with all my heart. I mean, I don't have to see him now. His word is sufficient for me. I, I don't have to. This is, in, in due time, I will see him for myself. So, so he is an invisible God. Colossians 1.15. Colossians 1.15 says, uh, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Uh, Colossians 2 9 just jot them down You're not going to find them fast enough Colossians 2 9 says for in him Dwells all the fullness Of the Godhead bodily All the fullness of the Godhead bodily Is wrapped up in Jesus Christ In the gospel of John Chapter 10 verse 30 It says I and my father Are one In other words, when you see me, you're seeing God. I'm the essence of who God is. I love what Hebrews 1, chapter 1, verse 3a says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. In other words, Jesus Christ is the perfect Exact imprint, exact representation, and essence of God. He is the perfect, exact imprint, representation, and essence of God. Many times they tell me uh, your son is a spitting image of you, but but he's still uh, twins. Twins have differences and all different DNAs and all these kinds of things. But 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 here with, with Jesus and God. They're so in is tied together in essence and oneness that Jesus says, when you have seen me, you have seen the father. Wow. That's a, I mean, I'm his exact representative. I'm his exact imprint. Wow. I am in essence one with God. That's a staggering thought. Number four. Why did Jesus come? He came to save his people from their sins. He came to save his people from their sins. Matthew 121, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from his sins. Uh, John 129, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In other words, listen to me well, people of God. The primary reason for the coming of Jesus Christ was not to overthrow the Roman government. That was not his primary reason for coming. His primary reason for coming was not to feed the hungry, even though that was a good thing. His primary reason for coming was not to heal the sick, even though that's a good thing. And he did that. His first and foremost reason for becoming a man with flesh and blood was to save his people from their sins through the death or through his death on the cross. That's the primary reason for his coming. That's the primary reason for his coming. Why did Jesus come number five? He came to reconcile us back to God. He came to reconcile us back to God. Romans five eight says, "But God commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us." Ephesians two sixteen says, "And that He might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity." In other words, the enmity—that's hostility. That's Alienation, that's separation. In other words, because of the fall of Adam in the Garden of Eden, all humanity fell into sin and have an inherited sin nature through Adam and Eve. We were separated uh, from God in the fall of Adam and Eve, they were the human race at that time. We were estranged from God in the fall of Adam and Eve. And we were at enmity with God. It was only through the violent substitutionary death of Christ and the shedding of his blood that we were reconciled back to God, making our reconciliation complete. Complete. Now, if you're estranged from God, if you're separated from God, if you have hostility between you and God, that's by your choice. It's by your choice. You choose to walk in sin. You choose to live like a a devil. Uh, You choose to live like anything. That's by your choice. You have to choose to make up your mind and say, I will accept Jesus Christ as my personal savior and I will serve him for the rest of my life. That's a choice that you have to make. He does not make us robots and make us choose him. He wants you to love him so much that you you choose him by an act of your will. As a matter of fact, you choose him because he first chose you before the foundation of the world was even created. Why don't you say amen? amen? I'm so glad that I took advantage of the coming Messiah. I'm so glad that I seized my God moment and accepted to Jesus Christ as my personal savior and no longer am I doomed no longer am I damned no longer am I at odds with God no longer am I separated from God I am brought into a harmonious authentic personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ because of the birth of Jesus Christ for God I live and for God I die did jesus come he came to provide an example for believers he came to provide an example for believers the gospel of john chapter 13 verse 15 it says i have given you an example that you should do as i have done to you that's right he said you do as i have done to you first peter chapter 2 verse 21 uh what uh, jesus being an example 1 Peter 2.21 says, for to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us. That's you and me. Christ did not come for an isle, He did not come for a goat. He didn't come for a little Chi bird or a little crow. That's right. No, 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 no. He didn't come for your dog. I don't care how you love your dog. He did not come for your dog. He came to save people. He didn't come for the bear. He didn't come for all that stuff. He didn't come for your money. He came to save the people from their sins. For this you were called because Jesus Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his step. And my question to you, my friends, what kind of an example are you? When folk look at you, can they see what it means to really be a Christian? Huh? Huh? does your life even have enough evidence to even convict you of being a Christian? Oh, I'm so glad before the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost that Jesus Christ was my example and he was a perfect example. Nobody else can, can put claims on being a perfect, sinless example except Jesus Christ. Won't you say amen? You say, can you give me some accounts? Let me just give you a few, a run-on list here. Adam and Eve rebelled against God and partook of the forbidden tree. Abraham lied. Moses murdered a man and fled as a fugitive. Huh? Samson fell asleep in Delilah's lap and lost his hair as well as his anointing. David committed adultery with Bathsheba and had her husband put on, on the front lines and had uh, him murdered in the name of war. <laughs> Solomon fell because of his love of women. Jonah ran from God and pouted when Nineveh repented in sackcloth and ashes. Therefore, Jesus came to be that perfect example for all humanity. Only Jesus Christ had a sinless life And is our perfect example. Every other example in human history is a flawed example, including you and me. You say, are you not a perfect husband? You're not a perfect wife? You think you're a perfect husband? Uh, Just ask your wife. (laughs) You, You think you're a perfect wife? Just ask your husband. You know, children are not perfect. We're all flawed, we've all messed up, and we messed up more than one time. Somebody, God of a second chance. I don't ever say God of a second chance. I just say he's God of another chance. I don't want to limit myself to seconds. I really don't want to my, limit myself to seconds because I've been past my seconds. I think i got some witnesses in here. I, 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 I've been past my seconds. I need another chance and another chance and another chance and another chance and another chance. And and I get that another chance because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, God Almighty. Number seven, why did Jesus come? He came to provide a great high priest who would sympathize with us in our weaknesses. He came to provide a great high priest who would sympathize with us in our weaknesses I love what that grand old verse says in Hebrews chapter four, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. In other words, thanks be to God that we do not have to go to man to get to God. Aren't you glad that you don't have to go through Draper to get to God? I feel sorry for Catholics. They got to go to the Pope and pray to this and pray to Mary and pray to this and this and all these things. Listen, I'm so glad I don't have to go to nobody but God for myself. The death of Jesus Christ on the cross, which caused the tearing of the veil in the temple. Gave us direct access to God through Jesus Christ, who is our great high priest. When that veil was rent in twain, it gave us direct access. Access to God, and you can go to God anytime, anywhere. You can go to God early in the morning. You can go to God at lunchtime. You can go to God just before you go to bed. You can wake up at midnight and go to God. You can go to God in your car. You can go to God in your shower. You can go to God in your closet while you're putting your clothes on. You can go to God while you're waiting at the railroad track for the train to cross. You can go to God while you're in that doctor's office and it's a little too long in there. You can go to God when you're at H-E-B and there's 30 baskets ahead of you. You can go to God anytime, anywhere and his number by way is 111 and you don't have to worry about your bill being cut off because it was paid in full at Calvary. Matthew 27, 50 through 51 says, And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was, rent, was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth and the rocks were split. Jesus can identify and sympathize with us because he himself became a man through life went through life trials went through life's temptations living a perfect sinless life while walking as a God man on earth yet without sin yet without sin why did Jesus come he came to die he came to die Matthew 16 21 says from that time Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Jesus talked about his coming death. He came to die. Matter of fact, he was born to die because in heaven there's, there, was, there was no flesh and blood and uh, and so he had to become a God baby in order to die. In Luke chapter 18 verses 31 through 33, it says, then he took the 12 aside and said to them, behold, we are going up to Jerusalem and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the son of man will be accomplished for he will be delivered to the Gentiles and will be mocked and insulted and spit upon. Now, you know, that's low down spitting on God. Can you imagine that spitting on God? They were they look, they will scourge him and kill him. And the third day, (laughs) in spite of all that, he will rise again. (laughs) In other words, in other words, in other words, the ultimate reason why Jesus was born was to die. Without the sacrificial death of Christ there would be no for- forgiveness of sin. Without the sacrificial death of Christ there would be no payment for sins. And all humanity would still be under its penalty, sin's penalty. We would still be under sin's power and sin's judgment and condemnation. If it weren't if it weren't for uh, the substitutionary sacrificial death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why did Jesus come? couple of more and we'll be done. Jesus came to defeat and destroy the work of the devil. He came to defeat and destroy the work of the devil. Let me give you three passages that of profound significance. First John 3, 8 says, he who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the the Son of Man was manifested that He might what destroy underline that destroy the works of the devil. That's why He came. Uh, Hebrews two fourteen. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, He Himself likewise shared in the same, that through death He might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. He came to destroy that devil. Colossians 2.15, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. In other words, my friends, the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ made a public spectacle over Satan and his demonic cohorts who were disarmed at the cross. The death of Jesus Christ shamed Satan. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ humiliated that devil and defeated him. Jesus made a public spectacle of them by triumphing over death, demon, and hell through the glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's right. Nobody, no man could handle the devil. No man. Abraham couldn't handle him. Moses couldn't hand, handle him. Uh, uh, no, no man could handle him. Isaac couldn't handle him. Mark couldn't handle him. Peter couldn't handle him. Solomon, all of his wisdom, couldn't handle him. Nobody could handle him. So God has to dispatch his son. Son said, I can handle him. Let, let me go. I'm tired of him messing with your folk, God. It's time for us to put his lights out. And God dispatched his son in the fullness of time. Hey, boy! of a woman, God Almighty, and he came to earth in the midst of tyranny and decadence and strife and immorality and wickedness. Jesus was born and subjected himself to his own creation and he gave that devil a knockout punch on his own grounds. It's bad when you come to somebody else's house and whoop them. Yeah, that's right. It's bad when you can come to my house and then whoop me in my house. I'm gonna get something to knock you out. <laughs> that's right. You ought to. You not be waving your tail in your own house. Jesus Christ came and whooped the devil and gave him the knockout punch. Hey, on his own grounds. Came from heaven to whipping.
1: If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.